Yeah. I think our stream is live. I think. Let's just go into the awkward starting stage. Yeah, let's let's do. Cuz Yes. Cuz we're awkward. Cuz we're awkward. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and welcome. Technical difficulties, to the right off the Jesse, bat. talk about stuff podcast. Oh man, we got our stuff together today. Wow, we are we are just crushing it with uh, with everything going on right now, man. Yeah, but you know what? There's grace where we need. <laughs> yep, there's a lot of grace, and we're there's going to. There's a lot to... of grace that we need right the way this morning. Yep. Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. I think it's working. I think so. Yeah. So, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? Well, uh, I want to first address the echo in the room because apparently there's an echo on the recording. So please don't post in the comments. Hey, there's an echo. We understand that there's an echo. It's tough to get rid of the echo. <laughs> it's echo? just. Yeah, a bit of an echo. It's oh, just been one of those. It's been one of those mornings. Just has been, yeah. you know. Gary, are you having one of those mornings too? Because I sure am. It's you just. Know, I was doing okay, and then I had you come in. <laughs> like, it was actually a pretty good day. You know, it was like ten o'clock. Trying to get this going, and all of a sudden, it was. Oh hi! <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me here, Jesse. Uh, Not that I'm gonna uh, point fingers or say who. I think we're back. Oh, my goodness Welcome gracious. to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where we talk about stuff, and sometimes that stuff includes what in the world is going on yeah. with our streaming devices. But we're there. We're sort of here. Uh, if you are not able to listen to all of this on Facebook, I'll see what I can do about putting it on Spotify later, and you can listen straight through, and you can have as much Gary and Jesse as you possibly want. Mm. We have... I just looked at this, Jesse. We're somewhere in the 40s, maybe even 50s among episodes. Really? We might be in our 50s already. Wow. We've done that, this 50 sometimes. That's crazy. I know. And if you go back and listen to the first ones, like, yeah, we were just uh, sitting across from each other mm -hmm. uh, with a window. We Our very first one, mm -hmm. we recorded, I think, with my phone. Yes. But then I hooked up a microphone to go all the way around the door yep. so that there was a window so that we wouldn't hear each other too much or whatever. Yeah, it was rough. Remember that we had them those uh, those big oval microphones back then, too? Right. And we thought for some reason that that was going to be the, the pinnacle of our podcast technology. 
And uh, boy, we didn't know anything back yeah, then. Yeah, look at how good it's going now <laughs> on a Monday morning. Other than being Monday morning, I feel like we got this kind of figured out. Yes. Other yes. than the echo. Sorry about the echo. Deal yep. with it. Oh. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about because it's Monday and it's almost Thanksgiving. Yep. I was actually, I should have asked you this before the podcast. Um, do you want to, I'll just put you on the spot, like in front of everybody. Sweet. Uh, where Jesus gives thanks before he breaks bread, mm -hmm. before communion. Mm -hmm. Should that be our focus for the Thanksgiving passage? It's actually not bad idea something else actually not a bad idea like this morning i was just looking through like all of the thanksgiving passages i think last year we probably did colossians we did does that sound familiar yep and that was almost like as paul is saying goodbye to the colossians he says oh and don't forget to be thankful in everything mm -hmm. yeah and of course the colossian church like every church that paul writes to had its own history and it was going through rough stuff were they the ones that were being persecuted at that time, or was that a different uh, one? That's every single one every of them. So yeah, one that he's talking to. Yep. And so then our point, of course, was how in the world could he ask them to be thankful in the midst of that? And so we ran with that. Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking through this morning, uh, the times where Jesus gave thanks. Yeah. Because I googled it really quick, and of course it was before feeding the five thousand. Um, he also said, uh, I give you thanks that not everybody understands what I'm teaching. Right. And so there's something to chase there. And then, of course, before he breaks the bread for yeah. communion, he gives thanks. Yeah. Yep. There's something really cool there, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's weird. It's interesting about the Bible is there's tons of passages that say to give thanks, but there's much less passages of illustrations of thanksgiving. And so, yeah, I'm totally okay with, uh, doing, uh, the, or the message on Jesus giving thanks. And I think it's important because he gives thanks then before basically every major event right. in his life, as right. far as we can tell. Good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah. Cause we could even chase the, you know, when he feeds the 5,000, he doesn't have much. Right. And he's still giving thanks for that. Yep. Uh, we could chase the. Uh, communion where he knows what's going to take place next yep and he still gives thanks in the midst of that so there's something really cool there and you're seeing the uh way that jesse and i work uh mm -hmm. one comes up with a passage and like hey wonder if this would work and it just kind of rolls from there mm -hmm. uh so that could lead us pretty directly into what are we doing for thanksgiving Yep. Uh, what are the plans? And so what do we got going on for Thanksgiving? Yeah, so we are going to be doing a uh, Wednesday night Thanksgiving Eve service at 7 o'clock. Uh, that is going to be taking place at both campuses simultaneously. So 7 o'clock in Orange City, 7 o'clock in Sheldon. The message is going to look a bit different this time. Um, partially just because we wanted to do something together and partially because we thought it would be uh, uh, interesting to kind of use technology and so what we're doing for thanksgiving is both of us are going to be recording a message and it will be played on the big screen at both campuses but there will still be live worship as far as live praise bands and i'll be in sheldon gary will be here in orange city we will still offer times of prayer live and all that stuff but that's what we're going to be doing a a recorded message with both of us but the services are happening at seven o'clock live on both campuses and basically, we've talked about this before, too. We've done this before. Um, in fact, I think last Thanksgiving we did um, all together at the Sheldon campus, if I remember right. Yep. But what we like to do, what seems to work, is just 
team teach, uh, feed off of each other that way. Mm -hmm. uh, start with a passage and thought after thought, just kind of bounce back and forth. Yep. Not very much unlike the podcast, um, right? but basically centering around the theme of Thanksgiving, of mm -hmm. giving thanks. And then that gives uh, Amanda and Damon time to think through what each worship side will look like for mm -hmm. songs and for music and that kind of thing. Yep. So mark your calendars for Thanksgiving Eve uh, so that you can join us at both respective campuses. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that we really have to talk about. I had this on my head um, because we celebrated it yesterday. Uh, baptism. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Wanted to get into baptism with you and look at some of the details of that. Also, profession of faith. Yeah. Uh, because those are words that I think might be foreign to some people. Yeah. And I thought we could take some time and kind of look through what those mean for the Reformed faith and that kind of thing. Sure. But my bigger question, maybe not bigger, um, different question. Uh, have you started watching Christmas movies yet? <laughs> and is it okay for me to watch <laughs> Elf now? Uh, last year, I remember having a huge, long discussion on how horrible Sandra is because she's putting her Christmas lights up in September and right. that kind of stuff. And yep. I actually saw a post on Facebook this morning that made me chuckle. I thought you would like this. 2020 is like a, a steaming dog pile or whatever. Yep. Um, why should we not put our Christmas trees up? Like, <laughs> let's have some joy. Like, come right? on, let me put my Christmas tree up. And I'm kind of ready to give in to Sandra. Like, you yeah. want me to hold fast, or should I just give in? And uh, let, her, let her do it. Well, I'm I'm a crotchety old man, and so uh, my <laughs> gut reaction is, get off my lawn, kids. That tree doesn't need to go up till December 24. You know, <laughs> that's my opinion. Right. So don't listen to me because I'm going to be like, oh, no, you can wait until Christmas morning to put that tree up. You will wait, Gary. Don't, Absolutely. You, don't you dare. And then it is down by right. Christmas Eve right. or the night of Christmas. Like, you put game on. Christmas trees up? No. No? So what okay. I have in my house is no joke. <laughs> I have one decoration, and it's great. It is a stack of, it's a styrofoam stack of pumpkins on top oh, of one another. No. And, and that kind of goes around the seasons. Like, boom. Yeah. And f if people really push me, I will put it on my front doorstep for Halloween. Aww. And then if people really push me, I will put a star in the top of its head for Christmas, and that will be my tree. You're awesome. And then if people really, really push me, I will put a, uh, put a sparkler out the side of its face for July 4th. I got this it covered. It is a decoration for all seasons. Absolutely. You've covered all of your bases. Absolutely. I've actually heard people go this route with like Christmas lights, especially if it's those icicle ones that don't have color to them. Oh, yeah. Then you can leave those up all year, yeah. and you can, you can call them <laughs> ambiance. <laughs> you can call them a 4th of July thing, right? Yep. Like You can get around this pretty well. My sister had a Christmas tree up one year till past June, and I'm like... Are you ever going to take that thing down? And she goes, well, technically, we're closer to Christmas than we are to not. So Might as well leave it up leave now. It up now. Right, if we're going to go that route. You know, fine, whatever. If there was ever a year where people need to celebrate Christmas for longer, it's this I year. feel like it's 2020. So yeah, yeah go for it. Put your, oh, boy, I just gave Sandra the thumbs up. Uh, yep. She doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> yeah, but there's going to be someone listening. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Who's going to inform her That's and be true. like, guess what? You get to put that up guess tonight, what? bro. Gary said you could do that. <laughs> Man. All right. We need to talk about baptism. Yep. Uh, so what is baptism? Uh, the baptism book definition i gave it yesterday to 
a sign and a seal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We have two sacraments. Yep. And I remember when I was a student in seminary mm-hmm. and I had to take all of these ongoing exams. Uh, it's a little bit different in the RCA because we separate the exams. Like, here's your sacrament exam. Here's your polity exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's your church pastoral care exam, like all that kind of stuff. CRC, it's all combined into one big afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, everybody fires questions at you, right? And, and it's very stressful. Very stressful. Yep. Um, I had a uh, proctor of that exam who I was emailing back and forth with and like, hey, what do I need to prepare for? What are you going to ask? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said something like, I don't rem- remember my exact wordage, but I said, yeah, and I have to study for uh, all these multiple sacraments and like know all the sacraments or whatever. And he emails back very succinctly, we have two sacraments. <laughs> like Almost like you should know this by now. <laughs> You're like a third-year seminarian student. Right. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, about that. I, I knew that. <laughs> like, I played it off like I knew what I was talking about. Oh, so we have man. two sacraments. Yes, we do. What are those sacraments? Those two sacraments are baptism and communion, or the Lord's Supper, if and you want to use that language. It's kind of cool. Like I said this yesterday, like, those are the two that we see Jesus Christ not only celebrate, Mm-hmm. but tell us to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've had this discussion on the podcast, so if it's a rerun, sorry. Um, there are other denominations, such as the Catholic faith, that has multiple more sacraments, somewhere in the seven to nine range, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, including and they things say like, like marriage. Marriage, rite of passage, yep. like all of these other things. Yep. But what we in the Reformed camp hold on to is these are the only two that Jesus Christ himself told us to do, right? Right, exactly. Yep. And so when he, uh, we just talked about it, when he gave thanks, mm-hmm. he broke the bread and then he said, do this in remembrance of me. So mm-hmm. do this is a pretty clear command. And that's the only two that Jesus uh, gave us an example of as well. Because right. Jesus himself was baptized and he also obviously uh, gave the Lord's Supper. Right. So right. Uh, on, on top of the command to do it, those are the ones that he exemplified in a way to get uh, uh, closer to him. Right. Uh, and that's right. that's one of the things that... You know, as far as what baptism does, first of all, if I could backtrack a bit, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of neat that during the middle of a pandemic, we had a baptism in Sheldon two weeks ago. You guys have one Mm -hmm. or had one this week. We have one on the 29th, Mm -hmm. and it's just neat to see people still going, yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but we want to dedicate our children. We want to have our kids baptized through the sacrament. I mean, it's great. It's still something important, right? exactly. I even made the joke... um, this may be out of context or uh, even distasteful if you really want to chase it, but mm. uh, all these COVID babies yeah. are going to have a lot of baptisms lot of in the next few months or whatever, yep. of course. And so the covenant is the word that we lean on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the sign, the seal, the covenant promises. Yeah. And what I think is really cool, uh, there's one favorite line that I have. Uh, all of this uh, we say Jesus Christ died for you. He rose for you. Uh, he li- he lived for you. He died for you. He rose for I you. Bet I get know the line. All of this yeah. he did for you, even though you knew nothing of yep. it as of yet. Like yep. to me, that brings tears to my eyes. That's just like a really big line because I think it carries a lot. Absolutely, and it's you obviously like it too because you were pointing at that. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, I love. I also love that line. All of this he did for you, little one. Though you know nothing of it as of yet. Uh, it's it's. 
it's really cool to have that line because there are a lot of denominations who believe only in adult baptism. We mm-hmm. in the CRC, we believe both are equally valid depending on the family. But when a parent comes and gives their uh, child uh, to the pastor mm-hmm. to baptize, it's basically a way of saying, hey, guess what? Not only is it a sign in the seal of the covenant, it's also... Um, the Holy Spirit claiming that child effectively is his. Right. And it's the church making vows to say, we will help raise this child. And, right. And the family saying to the church, we give this child in order for you to help raise it. Right. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's very, very special. And it's him making the first move. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what always catches me, uh, what I get reminded of. Like, I like to think of myself as a... Um, well-adjusted, like I can make my own decision, all that kind of stuff. And even in our passage yesterday, it kind of became clear, like, yeah, no, uh, it's all Jesus. Like, even the sermon itself, I told Sandra the night before, I'm like, yeah, I don't got a lot of gas in the tank. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if this is going to work out very well. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit speaks, right, and takes over. And I think that is made very, very clear in baptism. Mm -hmm. All this he did for you, even if you know nothing of it as Mm -hmm. of yet. Like, that's the amazing move that he comes first to us while we were still sinners. All of those kind of passages, too. Mm -hmm. And even the promises that the parents make. uh, I, I, I know, like, in the liturgy that we used yesterday, I made it very, like kind of pushed on this i want the parents to say we do god helping us right like that's right. not just a phrase that's not just a thing god mm-hmm. helping us because we can't do this without him we can't be parents we can't be christians we can't be disciples without the help of god right Right. exactly the holy exactly. spirit guides the holy spirit directs that's the most important thing i mean if we want to go ahead and, and try and make the choices to do holy things on a daily basis we're going to fail without god's help mm, um well you know so the holy spirit is going to be the one who pushes us to those choices right and in i think it's important to note that in regards to baptism there are mm-hmm. also some things that it isn't and mm-hmm. uh because a lot of people talk about the sign and the seal which it is it, right. it, it is a way of regenerating our hearts towards christ we believe that he is the holy spirit is present with us in that it's dedication it's all of those things Mm -hmm. what uh what baptism isn't is salvific oh well said in and of itself right uh yes our hearts are regenerated yes we are giving ourselves over to christ Mm -hmm. uh but the actual act of baptism does not save anybody right and that's important to note because there's some denominations that think it does we do not believe that. Right. So uh, don't think that when we give baptism that automatically, like, oh, everything's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still takes a life of faith. Right. So Maybe we had this discussion, so correct me if I'm, uh, or stop me if I'm saying it over again, but I remember having several discussions around people that uh, wanted to have the baby baptized sooner than later, Uh, because they were kind of implying at least, what if? Yeah. Uh, What if something bad happens? What if this? What if that? Yep. And that's always, to me, the time, and of course pastoral care in the situation or whatever, um, but that's the time where we remind, hey, this is pointing to who saves. This is Mm -hmm. pointing to what saves. Exactly. And of course those things are Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. Yep. Because really even the... Yeah, the reminder that the baby isn't saying anything, the baby isn't doing anything, the baby's just laying there right. like a, 
lazy kid or whatever. Right. <laughs> lazy kid just laying yeah, there. Just laying there. But that's yep. us, right? And that's, I think I've said this before too. I'm just repeating myself all the time here. But uh, the Michelangelo, the Sistine Chapel, where Adam is kind of lazily reaching out to God mm-hmm. and God is reaching full extension. I feel like that is the picture, right? Yeah. That's the picture of what we do. Yep. I kind of, I, I want God, mm-hmm. but I'm prone to wander, as the old hymn says, like, yep. in my heart of hearts, I'm going to lazily kind of eh, reach for him, mm-hmm. even at my best, right? Yeah. Uh, we aren't righteous on our own. Yep. We lean on him to make us desire him. Which, which exi- exactly, and the second thing you were getting to, which is exactly why we think profession of faith is such an important thing. Right, right. Uh, because there are some That's denominations who, you know, they just... They regard, uh, they call it First Communion, right? They regard it as the sacrament in and of itself. There are others who regard it as just a dedication. We regard profession of faith not as a sacrament, but as very important because exactly what you were saying, it's that reaching out to God in that it's claiming those promises that we made when we were baptized as infants. We are saying, yes, I agree with everything. My heart has been given to Christ, and not only do I want to become a member and active part in this church, but I also uh, own the fact that I am now Christ's child. So it is the actual choice that we make once the choice has been given to us. It's the receiving, or it's the stretching out to grasp back. And don't you think, so Baptist denomination would fall on the side of adult baptism, of course. Yeah. Um, there's other denominations that would consider themselves sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like we, sure, we'll do dedication. Sure, we'll do adult baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, we'll do infant baptism. Kind of in the middle there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Reformed is really on that side of uh, infant baptism, uh, profession of faith, mm-hmm. because of the covenant language that you were saying, because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so... One of the passages we read at the beginning of Profession of Faith was the Romans, I believe Romans 9, mm-hmm. maybe Romans 6, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. where it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will yeah. be saved. Yeah. And so there is an accepting, Yes. there is a reaching out, but what I always picture in my head is it's the Holy Spirit helping lift your hand because... Yep. Uh, a dead man can't save himself, isn't that Calvin kind yep. of language too? That's right? exactly yeah. it. I mean, we are we are nothing but sacks of sinful flesh right. if not for the Holy Spirit. Right. So, uh, I think it's also important to note that when we talk about uh, profession of faith, we use those words inten- intentionally. Right. Uh, it's not a dedication. It's not a first communion. It's a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. In that we're doing exactly what the language says. Right. We are, for the first time, standing up publicly in front of people and saying, yes, this is truth. Right. Uh, which is different than other denominations who do things like um, uh, adult baptism. Right. When you have an adult baptism, generally, uh, both baptism and profession of faith are done in one act. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas we separate them into two acts, the original promise and then the claiming of the promise. And I hope you hear us, like... We we're both obviously in the reformed camp, and we know that um, what we believe. Mm-hmm. But we also, I hope, approach it like I 
think this is about right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know uh, we both have Baptist friends. We both have uh, evangelical free friends, evangelical covenant, like all of that mix. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good talk about how do you get along with someone who doesn't believe exactly what you believe. You kind of hold some of that stuff loosely. Uh, we believe in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and life. And yep. if we can agree on that, then the rest of the stuff we'll kind of figure out as we go a little bit, right? Yep, exactly it. I mean, it's some of this because, and it's especially easy for us because since we don't believe sacraments are salvific in and of themselves, they are extremely important to our faith. But uh, those are things that ultimately um, we we need to remember that Jesus is in control of. So Jesus is the most important thing, period. And we hold on to that, right? Yep, so... Uh, one thing we like to do when the Gary and Jesse talk about stuff is what we have talked about the past, uh, Sunday and then also prep you for the next Sunday. So why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, this past weekend for you. Um, you guys were doing a pre Thanksgiving, right? And kind of looking at several options or not options, several characters that gave thanks yeah. when it was really hard to do. Yep, uh, exactly. Was it Job this past week? It was Job yeah. this past week, yeah. We and did. that just, that, that story is just mind-blowing, I think, and incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what part did you focus on? What kind of came out of that? What was the discussion like? Yeah, we focused on Job 1, 6 through 22. And basically what that uh, says, that's Job's first test, and it outlines mm. how Job is has everything together, and I, I I framed it this way. It's almost like a three-act play, the first chapter of Job, because you have the what happens in heaven, the discussion between God and Satan, mm-hmm. as far as Satan saying, well, of course he worships you. You blessed him with everything, but if you take everything away, he'll curse your name. Mm. And God says, well, go ahead and try it. Wow. Um, and I made sure to point out, why does God do that? I don't know, because right. he's God. Right. I We don't know why God allows things. Right. But he's the creator, Amen. and we're the created. Mm-hmm. So so that was Act 1. Then I pointed out in Act 2 the th- the actual thing that happened on Earth and mm-hmm. the four messengers that came, and Job had everything taken away, um, even down to his kids at their birthday party by a sandstorm. Mm-hmm. The house collapsed. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Act 3, his response, which is, he mourns, but more importantly, Scripture says he tears his clothes, he shaves his head, and he kneeled down and worshipped. Wow. Right. And in the midst of that worship, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked to the earth I shall return. Mm-hmm. And uh, goes on to say, but you know what? Thanks be to God uh, through his actions. Mm-hmm. And Scripture says he was blameless in that. And wow. So I basically said, you know, we... We don't have it as bad as Job because I guarantee none of us, even though this time in our lives may be difficult due to a pandemic, none of us have had our houses blown down and our kids die via a standstorm, nor had all of our livestock and property be destroyed by a lightning storm. And yet he still gave thanks. So maybe that's an inspiration for us to do the same. And to look at the righteousness that he exhibited there, right? Exactly. And... I pointed out that when we do that, three main things happen. God is glorified, our faith is strengthened, and we are honored. And the best one, Satan is defeated. Amen. So, And I've always, I remember he was the president at the time. Uh, Mike something at seminary came mm-hmm. and talked about Job. 
Yeah. Was he the president? He was, was the president. Like a, nope, you're right. He was. What was his last name? You remember? Um, uh, I'll think of it. Um, I'll think of it. But he came and talked about Joe because he was uh, a very, very um, sort of studious Old Testament scholar. Yep. And that was where his focus was and all that kind of thing. And so he did a lot of work on Job and the uh, language of it, the history of it, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember him kind of not throwing his hands up, but at some point just saying, like, I don't know. And he was, like, the guy that knew more about the book (laughs) than anyone I've ever known or ever read about or whatever. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders, like, I I don't know what God was doing there. Because just Mm -hmm. what a situation, what a time. And and I remember questioning, like, what did the three friends do that was wrong? What did Mm -hmm. Job do that was right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Why does Job... Uh, kind of get told off by God at the end there because <laughs> yeah. he had supposedly done everything right, mm-hmm. and so and God kind of flexes his muscles, so to speak, at the end. Did you create the Leviathan? Did yeah. you do this? Did where, you do that? Where were you when I made the mountains? Right. Yeah, like all of these things, and almost like uh, <coughs> what is going mm-hmm. on? Like why is Job getting yelled at? He held yeah. on to all this stuff, but there's just such an incredible message woven through there of it's god yeah. not us yeah exactly you know, like even the thanksgiving right yep. like it's it's him it's the, all him the big takeaway not just from the message but the entire book of job is exactly he is creator we are created and we should give thanks because regardless if we feel that everything is taken away it wasn't ours in the first place right. we it's all god's and we should just give thanks for the time we had with it because we don't god deserve it and we are not like, exactly kind of the framework of it isn't it that's what it is and what i remember uh, about the three friends like why were they doing wrong or why did they get told off they were the ones that kept saying just curse god and die exactly yeah and so blame him really and job never wanted to do that or never gave into that and and by the way that doesn't mean that job didn't lament either i mean sure right 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 he said this is said this is tough. This sucks. I don't yep. like any of this, right. but I'm not going to put it all on God. He's like, I'm not going to uh, say it's specifically his fault. Right. And uh, by the way, that's a good lesson for all of us because, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. we're in the middle of a pandemic and it feels like, you know, people are getting sick and church isn't as full and our jobs might be lost right. and we're not allowed to go outside as much and maybe masks exist. But the fact of the matter is, all those things that we view as freedoms that are taken away. Mm. Those are all God's things anyway. Right. Let's give thanks for what not only what we had, which is we didn't deserve them, but he gave them to us anyway. Right. But right. let's give thanks for what we have because we could lose everything, but we'd still have Jesus. Isn't so there, amen to that. Isn't there yeah. a line? I want to say Belgic Confession. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can correct me. But it says something like, what shall we say to this then? Is God the source of the evil? Right. And right after that certainly not exclamation point right because there's no way that there's anything other than good and perfect coming from him so he's the giver of all good and perfect gifts of course Mm -hmm. and everything good flows out of him yep what stinks is i have a sort of a filter picture in my mind like as the gifts come from him they're filtered through this weird sin thing Mm -hmm. and that either filters gifts out or makes them uh, marred, makes them not what he intended them to be. And then out of the other end of that filter, he uses those yucky things to do something incredible. So that's the Joseph story too, right? Mm -hmm. Like what 
you meant what you people, his brothers, meant for evil. I will God use for good. used for good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? And that's Absolutely. just the line of COVID, of course, too, right? That's what, uh, that's what we hold on to in this right. season, and hopefully that's what we're going to talk about Thanksgiving Eve service, too, just how do we right. thank God well. And mm. and in because in this time, it's easy to thank God when we get our jobs back. Right. But what happens if this, the restaurant closes down and our jobs are taken away again? Mm. Are we going to be mm-hmm. thankful then, mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. I, we should be. Right. But it's it's hard. I get it. Oh, but we man, should yeah. be. Yeah. So. Seeing the big picture. Right. Yep. So anyway, that's what we talked about in, in uh, uh, Sheldon. What about you guys here in OC? We finished up the Everybody Always series. Um, it was a. Uh, a weird series, right? Because the goal, uh, the plan was everybody joins either a group here at church on Sunday morning, a group on church on Sunday night, uh, or you do the online kind of chat back and forth via email and stuff. And then I was gone uh, two times in the middle of it. Um, Sam came and preached one time. Um, It was just kind of a weird, awkward limp through the series mm-hmm. um but even that is a picture of god's faithfulness right um yeah. the way that he can still use our broken and uh sometimes uh unthought of words or whatever yep. uh, that's what he does for me every sunday anyways like yeah. yeah i don't know what i'm gonna say and he ends up doing it um but we used matthew chapter 5 to end the series because mm-hmm. uh, that's actually where bob goff ends his session uh, it's sort of a big, huge summary. Uh, you've heard it said, Jesus says, that you're supposed to love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Mm-hmm. And I tell you instead, uh, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And he ends that passage, uh, he ends that chapter, uh, which is, by the way, the Beatitudes chapter and mm-hmm. the greatest sermon ever given, uh, Sermon on the Mount, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. And so I chased a couple of rabbit trails in the middle of that. Uh, not only the, uh, love your enemies, the word enemies isn't just what we initially think of in our language. Mm. Uh, just like every Greek word, there's like five different things (laughs) it kind of means. Yeah. Um, those who oppose you, those who think differently than you, your adversary, especially mm-hmm. Satan was one of the definitions. Mm-hmm. And so all of the differences that we have in this world, in this culture, uh, those are the people we're called to love. Yeah. Uh, to me, what a more perfect time uh, than to be reminded right now, yeah. hey, if I think differently, if I vote differently, if I wear a mask differently or don't wear a mask differently, those are the people that I'm supposed to be loving yeah. uh, because we think differently. And that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Love the people that think differently. So that's so incredibly fitting for such right? a time as this, when the world, when the nation, when our communities, when our churches, when everything seems to be so polarized, Right, right. a reminder of, Hey, guess what? You could let yourselves be separated or you could be bound together in love for Christ. And mm-hmm. because of that, you can and should love those who, are saying the exact opposite of right, your opinion. Right. You know? And that's hard. I know that's hard. Um, and that's where it ends up, the ending of the sermon, I just really pushed hard on the, how in the world can you ask me to be perfect, Jesus? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. That That's not possible. That's above my pay grade. That's yeah. above my ceiling. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. That's the point. Exactly. You can't. You can't do this on your own. And I usually say the same thing. I was going to say this, and I forgot. Um, I say it to uh, the nominees, like we're electing elders and deacons and all that kind of stuff. One of my sermons in there somewhere when we're talking about nominations is, you can't do this job. Like, here's the whole list of all of the things you have to do. Yeah. You have to be a person of upstanding righteousness. You have to be a uh, spouse of but one spouse or whatever and all this kind of stuff that you have to do. Yeah. And it's just above what I can handle. And that's the point. Yeah. The fact that you can't do it on your own, that you need God, that you need the Holy Spirit. And I think that's where Jesus was going with that. Like, love your enemies. That's yeah. above what you can do. Yeah. So you need the Holy Spirit to help you do that. I feel like the love your enemies thing wasn't so much a moral command, but a heart command. Mm, that's where, yeah. And that's that's a big, big difference. Right, right, right. Uh, a moral command when Jesus says love your enemies is to, you know, while this guy's trying to stab me in the face, I'm going to mm. give him cookies. Right, right, right. Uh, a heart command is, guess what? Don't be a jerk if someone thinks differently than you. Right. Because right. you see them as a valuable person as they are also a child of God. Right. That's not a moral thing to try and earn your way into heaven. Right. That's a heart thing because you actually believe it. That's really well said. Uh, and that makes me reminded of a little rabbit trail I chased also. Uh, it doesn't say hate your enemies. No. Uh, so some people have been like, was Jesus wrong in what he was quoting? Like he meant to quote this and forgot to quote that or whatever. Because uh, at the very beginning of that passage, Jesus says, you have heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But if you look, like the closest that you can find in the Old Testament, Leviticus says, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. But it never says hate your enemies. Right. And what I leaned on there was he wasn't wrong in his quoting. He wasn't forgetting uh, what it actually said. He wasn't somehow making something up. He was using what that culture had been saying. Absolutely. And so remember the Pharisees, Sadducees, oh. like those names of like these people that knew the scripture so incredibly well. And those are the ones he often went up against because they were doing this add on man made yeah. things yeah. that they were assuming, oh, if God said this, then he must also mean yep. this, like kind of taking a step that they didn't need to take. And I think that's where you uh, reminded me of the moral yeah. side of it. Like, oh. I have to follow this. No, you need to follow the spirit of what he's saying. Exactly. You need to change your heart to do it, right? The, exactly. And yeah, Jesus was absolutely making a commentary on the uh, on on the the Pharisaical perversion of Scripture right, there. Right. And right. in doing so, I also, like I mentioned, I believe he was talking about the spirit rather than the moral legalism mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. law. Right. Uh, so he's juxtaposing the legalism that he was fighting by putting a spiritual and and a a theological bent on it isn't that cool that's what jesus does that's right. why he's so great if you really dive into scripture it's not he's using the law to prove the law wrong he's using the holy spirit to prove the law wrong in almost everything he does and to fulfill because uh, we talked about it afterwards we had our last meeting of the people after church or whatever we watched the bob goff video and he talked about his life and how he sees this played out or whatever and one of the things that got mentioned was how does Jesus do this all the time where it's like it's either option A or option B yeah. and he kneels down and writes in the sand? Yeah. Like yeah, that just how does he find a way to get through the moralistic part of the question 
yeah. and get to the heart of what are you really asking here? Yep. So right in my head comes the rich young ruler. Yep. Uh, what must I do to be saved? You don't get it, man. Like nope. you're, you're missing the point here. Let's yep. go deeper. And yep. he asks a question that like makes the guy walk away. Yeah. Because it's so convicting. Yep. And, and that's what he does, right? He looks at that third option if you will that that heart question someday i would love to do a series or maybe a, a podcast on the personality of jesus mm, because mm-hmm. we all have it in our mind that right. jesus is this uh he's this shepherd who you know those paintings oh yeah um, a perfect looking north american white guy holding a sheep with a rainbow around his right, head right, right. but in reality jesus was everything and everything may was made perfect so right. that means jesus believe it or not was sarcastic. <laughs> There's a lot of sarcasm of Jesus oh, yeah. in the scripture. Right, right. Jesus was angry at times. Right. Jesus was passionate about things. Right. He felt deeply and he perf- he was perfect in all of that. And so how incredible like when you were saying sarcastic I had in my head uh the I think I've used this in my sermon before. I can see him like slapping his forehead when yeah. some of the really? questions the disciples ask or yeah. whatever like uh, and rolling the eyes kind yeah. of thing like oh man can you <laughs> the, imagine like yeah sitting around a campfire with him as they were traveling from one place to the other that's why the book of mark is my favorite gospel because mm-hmm. and, and probably it's some of my personality too but it shows the very uh stern just like <laughs> right. dude bro really you know like <laughs> right. come on guys and uh Peter, yeah you're still missing this you're come on, miss- come on. Uh, get behind me satan what's yep. wrong with you uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh but all that being said i think it's um, what jesus does is so beautiful because he takes those gotcha moments mm. and turns it around and says no 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 the lord has this right and in doing so every single moral argument is turned into something more important which Isn't is a spiritual incredible? one right. so right. so that was uh what we have talked about yep uh what are we going to be talking about uh this upcoming week Mm -hmm. you guys and sheldon uh, are gonna have a guest speaker yes uh, which actually launches us into some events that we gotta prepare you for saturday night will jones uh who is a speaker evangelist uh from ami i believe is Mm -hmm. the uh credentials there ami uh he's gonna be speaking on uh racial justice racial injustice equality he's going to be in orange city on saturday he's going to be in sheldon on sunday Mm -hmm. and really kind of centered on sunday especially around the giving thanks uh series that you guys have been doing yep in fact uh we're going to jump in on the orange city campus uh to sort of do a pre-thanksgiving uh, I believe it's on Mary. Am I correct, or is Will going to go a different route with that? Uh, no, I think he's going to do his own thing. Oh, but, okay, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, we're going to talk about Mary uh, here at the Orange City campus. Yep. Uh, Sheldon will follow what Will has laid out. I hope he does Mary because I suggested it. Oh, kind of so, nudge, 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 nudge. Yep. Um, so. so somewhere around that idea is going to be giving things pre. Uh, thanksgiving kind of getting ready for thanksgiving yep. and then that'll launch us into what we started our podcast with yep. we'll talk about some of the uh ways that jesus gave thanks that sort of thing yep exactly i also wanted to prep everybody for uh something you had texted me uh we had kind of rolled this around heads uh jesse had seen an article about it and kind of made him think that way 
uh, for the characters of Christmas. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a really cool Advent season for us because mm-hmm. uh, we're going to look at, what, one, two, three, four, five different characters, mm-hmm. uh, obviously centering on the main character, who is Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, but we're going to follow what you have here in Sheldon uh, listed. So it's Mary, yep. Joseph, shepherds, and wise men. Yeah. And then, of course, centering in on Jesus on Christmas Day. But yep. that's going to be a pretty cool area to kind of look at the different angles of what they see, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting not only in terms of kind of the historical character, like who were these people? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what did it mean to be a 13-year-old virgin in that context? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also some of the hardship that they went through in terms of bringing about the Savior mm-hmm. and what we can learn from it. For example, Joseph gets told, hey, uh, your future wife is pregnant, and it's the son of the Lord, and he's going to divorce her quietly, but mm-hmm. he gets told not to. Right. So what does that look like in terms of how to raise the, you know, how to raise the Savior? Right. So it's going to be an, an interesting uh, series, both in terms of historical narrative as well as lessons we can learn towards celebrating Jesus Christ. So yeah, the culture that they had to deal with just... Yeah. Wow. Right. And and we've seen our culture shift in so many different ways, but there's still um, that incredible sense of back then to not be married, to have a child out of wedlock, to like just, yeah, to Mm -hmm. be actually pledged and then have a child and like all of that kind of stuff. And just, yeah, yeah, there's a lot that we can try to unpack there, I think. So that'll be a really good advent study uh, Mm -hmm. as we prepare for christmas yep Uh, i agree both of our services are going to be christmas eve correct that's exactly Uh, it somewhere in the six to seven range i think yeah we've got to set that time but somewhere in there so um and then jesse will spend the next day uh putting up his christmas tree and taking it down (laughs) uh, because if you put it up christmas morning you'll probably take it down christmas night oh absolutely that that uh, stack of pumpkins they will that star (laughs) will go in and out my friend (laughs) that's gonna go right away Uh, right away Yep. So mark your calendars for all that stuff. Uh, Will Jones uh, here this week at Orange City, November 21, in Sheldon, November 22, uh, Thanksgiving Eve service, November 25, and then Advent season starts November 29. That's a yep. lot going on. Uh, of course, uh, busy time of year, the holiday season, right? And then yep. you add on 2020, yep. and it's just a weird uh, uphill battle for holiday season. But yeah. We're going to try to find the joy in it as much as we can, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's praising God for his son walking this earth. Yep. We're going to do what we can to find that. Yep. Amen. None of this looks like it went to Facebook, so sorry, <laughs> Facebook listeners. But, hey, looks like we got it recorded, so I'm going to upload it to Spotify. You can listen later, uh, which is mind-bending. It's like an Inception thing because I'm I telling you now to listen to it later but you can't hear it now but you'll hear it later so if you hear it later then listen to it again i guess the top just wobbled on the table and i went cross-eyed that's right? crazy yeah that's a lot of things and to marty think. mcfly's hand just started going right away. exactly like, so yeah there's all kinds of weird uh movies that we can quote there yep exactly did we cover everything am i missing anything the only one last thing i could say is uh just guys remember to be safe out yeah, there we've yeah. got a lot of covid it's cases are i think uh sioux county and o'brien county are among the top 10 counties in either the number one or number two state for infections in the united states mm-hmm. which puts us at super high risk so whether it's coming to church whether it's going to your job whether it's wherever you're at just be safe we'd love to see you again so 
hopefully we can see you on Sunday. If you're not comfortable, join us online. It's uh, on both of our YouTube channels as well as on Facebook. So just be safe, and hopefully we can see each other soon. So, Jesse, I love your face. Love your face. Now let's see how this outro goes. Oh. Oh, you're good. Boom.